I believe that this set of sermons on the basics of being a disciple are very important. It's very important because right now, at this time in America, what's needed most are a people who demonstrate with authenticity and with passion the truth of following Jesus, the truth of the Gospel, and the wisdom of following His ways. It's too important. I know that that's been the case throughout history. Nothing's different. Nothing's different in terms of what it means to follow Jesus. But where we are right now in the culture in this country, it's needed more than it ever has been. Now, you can go to other countries around the world and you can look at their histories and you can see where they are at. And some of them have been in the place that we have been. Some of them have figured this out and they've come through and they're doing better. Some of them are maybe even worse. But in every age, it is important for there to be disciples of Jesus. People who are learning what it means, who are living out what it means to be a follower of Jesus. The real change for for most of us in our lifetime is that we've we've developed this idea that we need a few A student Christians. And they're the ones who will preach to us and they might be our our shepherds, our leaders. The rest of us can kind of get by on uh, C's and D's. You know, as long as you don't hit one of those big bad things that gets you an F. You're kicked out of the path of heaven. But we just need a few top stars to get us through. Everybody else just... Show up, make your payment, take your communion, whatever it takes to get through. And being a disciple is really just a matter of having membership in the right organization. That won't cut it anymore, church. That won't cut it. never did cut it. It won't, certainly won't cut it now. So this is why I've spent this time asking us to consider what it means to really be a disciple. And this is going to be a bit of a review. It's the last of this series. But I want you to think about the fact that being a disciple of Jesus means that we are followers of Jesus along the way. A disciple. Review. A disciple is a pupil, a student, a follower, follower of a teacher or of a school, someone who's learning, someone who's who's learning a discipline. It's an apprentice. One who applies what is learned. Disciple can be a verb. It means to teach or to train so that I am being discipled by Jesus Christ. I am, being, uh, I am discipling you and teaching you this. I'm wanting to teach you and train you. Disciple still acts like a noun in my mind, so I just find it easier to say that I'm here to teach you, to help you, and we're here to train one another. What What Brent did in leading us in worship is a kind of training. It's a kind of discipling because it gives us moments to think about these things that matter and then to practice them in some way that causes change. A disciple, very simply put, follows the way. What way? I'm going to show you that 
in Scripture, one of the early names for the group of believers, the followers of Jesus, was the way. They didn't necessarily come up with that name themselves. It was a name that was put on them. When we get to Acts in our Bible reading, you'll see this more than once. That the followers of Jesus are called the followers of the way, or those of the way. What way are we talking about? Well, a way is not just a path. It is a way of doing things. It is a way of thinking. In, in fact, you, use it, you may use this term when somebody says something to you and you may agree with what they say, but you're upset. You're upset. It angers you. Perhaps makes you sad. Makes you anxious. And when that person follows up with you and says, didn't you agree with what I said? You may say, oh, I agree with it. I just don't like the way you said it. Now you think about how way is being used in that circumstance. It talks about a manner. It talks about a mindset. It talks about an attitude. It may even talk about the way that, that we behave. Following Jesus is a matter of all of those things. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind. The greatest commandment. It leaves nothing out. It's all-inclusive. Talking about a way or a path or walking on the way is a long-standing metaphor in Scripture. It's a long-standing image in Scripture of what it means to be a follower of God. You go back to Deuteronomy where Moses is giving this, this generation, there are only one, maybe two generations removed from the dehumanizing slavery in Egypt. And the instruction from God through Moses is, you shall all, or you shall walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you. God is teaching them how to live. It's not just about keeping a set of rules, 10 commandments, 613 commandments, don't break this one, don't break that one, find the loophole here. It's about understanding what all of that system is about. And if you're still up with the Bible reading right now, then you may have just hit the Leviticus Numbers roadblock. And it's tough. I'm telling you, you get permission to scan through that. But understand what's being said. This system is being taught so that they can learn a way of life. They're learning to practice these things because for them, this is an entirely new mindset. Remember, the generations before them had just, they knew one thing, make bricks for Pharaoh. That's it. That's the sum total of their life. Now they are learning to be God's people. It's a way. Exodus 33, 13. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Here's a prayer to God. Teach me your ways. If you're an Israelite, you're not just following rules. 
You're learning the way of God. You're learning the way of your Creator. And actually, you're learning the way of your Savior. Because for them, God's the one that saved them out of their oppression. Psalm 25.4 Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. That's a good daily prayer. Show me your ways. If you want to be a disciple, learn this simple prayer. In fact, it might be good for us to open our, our prayers with that simple sentence. Because often, we get into the, um, the help me give me prayers. Help me give me, help me give me. God, I want things to turn out a certain way. Help me give me, help me give me. Make my team win. Help me get that raise. Uh, whatever this, whatever that. Big stuff, little stuff. Important stuff, not so important stuff. But that doesn't, that's not a relationship. That, that, that's sort of like hope casting. But when you say, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Now, you're asking for God to change you. Which way do we go? We go the way of God. That's the way that discipleship is all about. Take a look at how the word way comes up in John 14. And this is Jesus preparing His disciples for His imminent departure. Actually, for His crucifixion. He's going to be crucified. They're going to be disoriented. Because for them, as much as He has talked to them about this, crucifixion does not figure into the plan. They're thinking that He's the Messiah. They've devoted themselves to that. They've left so much behind. If they stick close to Him, then when God gives Him the power to take over and build the nation, they're going to be right there with Him. They get surprised when the crucifixion happens. But Jesus is preparing them. He says, you know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. I love Thomas. I love Thomas because, you know, everybody, he, he gets that old doubting Thomas, old doubting Thomas. Don't shame him. He's just asking the question that everyone else is thinking. You know the way where I'm going. Oh, actually, Lord point of order we don't so where is this where are you going now he might be thinking a bit too literally but it gives a good opportunity for Jesus to teach them that he is the way we talk about a lot of ways and in our Christianity we're going places that's what we say I'm going to church do I have to go to church I'm going to church but this summer, I'm going to camp. You want to go to camp? I want to go on a mission trip. I'm, why? Because I want to go to heaven. We're always going. We're always going. But we don't know always what we're supposed to be doing. But we just go. We keep going. Got to go. That's what we do. In fact, when we go to church, then we're ready to, after sitting here, especially when you get up here and I'm halfway through the sermon. That's right, halfway. And you're like, is it time to go? We're ready to go. Can we go to class? When is it going to be coins for Christ? Why? Because we want to go up there. We're always going somewhere. 
But where are we going? Do we know the way? Jesus says, I am the way. Now that ought to get our attention right there. Wait a second. This isn't just about going places and doing everything. That's what we think we have to do. This is about looking to Jesus and realizing that He is the pattern. He's the one that teaches us how we ought to be living our lives. Do we really know the way? Because we can go a lot of places and get nowhere. Look how way is used in these two examples. The gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. That's Jesus in Matthew 7. Jesus, if you want to know what Jesus thinks, read the Sermon on the Mount. This is discipleship. This is Discipleship 101, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says there's two ways. There's two ways to go. The, the way to destruction is wide. It's easy. There's a lot of room. But the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. You may have to work at it a little bit. There's few who find it. But it's a good way. Apollos is a preacher in the first century. He had been taught the way of the Lord. And here you see discipleship. You see following Jesus being described as the way. He had been taught this way, and he taught others about Jesus. He had an enthusiastic spirit. He taught it with accuracy. Now notice that in Acts 18, it's not that Apollos is in error. He has accuracy on his side. But his knowledge is incomplete. It's not inaccurate. It's just lacking. All he knows about is John's baptism. He doesn't know that conver about that conversation that Jesus had about the way and being the way and the truth and the life and the Spirit. So Priscilla and Aquila, who are also believers, they are disciples. They heard Him preaching boldly in the synagogue. And they took Him aside. And you know, that took Him aside always bothered me. Because it seems like being taken aside is always a negative thing. You know, here, come here, i got to talk to you for just a second. I learned a lot of discipleship when I was younger, when I was going to, you know, I'd get these little, I'd get these little um, um, invitations to come and preach what we used to call a gospel meeting. It was good, it was fun, and I enjoyed the preaching and I enjoyed the opportunity to encourage people. A preacher at one of these churches said, now listen, let me tell you right now, you preach any error, I'm going to take you aside and jerk you out of the pulpit. It's the way he said it. You see? It's the way he said it. And I learned a lot about discipleship, like how to control my anger and love my enemies. But they're not taking Apollos aside to rake him over the coals. They're saying, hey, we have something to share with you. I mean, you're doing great. Wait till you hear this. And they explain the way of God even more accurately. What they know combines with what Apollos knows, and they're all following the way. They're all learning the way to do this. These, this is like the, the, the days of invention. This is like a process of discovery, and everybody finds a way to improve on something. Do you know the way? Well, let's learn together about the way. Don't be 
feel embarrassed. I mean, I think all of you here have some sense that Jesus is the way. I don't think that anyone who's been listening to these sermons really, truly wants to make the case that we ought to go back to, or, you know, I don't think we, there's no going back. I just don't think we have any interest in uh, arguing for a, a way of life or a way of church that involves just being a member, showing up, making our contribution, don't miss the communion, and then leave me alone the rest of the week and we'll just get along because all we want to do is go to heaven. And so just make it the, just, just help me learn the rules, the simple version, don't belabor it, and then let's do the rituals and we're done. I don't think anybody wants to make the case for that. But we may not know how to do better. And so that's the way of Jesus where we're learning Him. We're learning to have His mind within us. We are learning to grow in His Spirit. We are learning to be better people. We are learning and growing. We are becoming, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5-7, the new creation in Jesus Christ. So, if you don't feel like you know the way, I want you to know that you're here among a cloud of witnesses that are going to teach you that way. And let me tell you, I want to build on what Brent said about being worn slick. Following Jesus has to become a set of habits that represents who we are as we become more and more like Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, God told the people, you be holy because I'm holy. That's why He wants them to do those rituals and do those things. To be holy. And that comes up again and again in the Bible reading after He teaches them all of that stuff. All of that detail about curtains and tents and tabernacles and ornaments and furniture. It's all about becoming holy. We've got to develop the habits that make us like Jesus Christ. Otherwise, when we get to those moments that we're worn slick, when we're worn out, when we're distressed, the rules, the rituals, the prayers, it can all just go out the window. Why? Because we're too stressed and we're looking for a quick fix. But when you develop the habits of the way, it becomes who you are. And it doesn't go away at all. Saul was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. That's the way. The way being mentioned. The way of Jesus. Saul knows that they have a way that is distinct and it is identifiable. And at this point in his life, he believes that that way is not God's will. When he meets the risen Jesus, who says, why do you persecute me? Then he learns about the way. Paul entered the synagogue. Now Saul has become Paul. And he spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. Think about how persuasive Paul's argument is going to be. Because he is so zealous and he is so dug in to the previous way of doing things. And now, 
He is completely changed. So he's going to be arguing this with a passion. Some of them, though, became obstinate. They refused to believe. And they publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them, and he took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. He is teaching others how to be a follower of Jesus. That's the way. In Ephesus, the way catches on. And it, here's how much it catches on. It threatens the economy of Ephesus. There arose a great disturbance about the way. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought in a lot of business for the craftsmen there. What's happening is, as people follow the way, they realize, I don't need the quick fix of the cult of Artemis. I don't need those charms and those ambulance, a- amulets. I don't need those, those trinkets anymore. And it's affecting the economy. Can you imagine what it would be like if we were so sold out to following the way of Jesus that it would affect the economy? Well, they didn't set out intentionally to do this. It just impacted things. And understand that sometimes deciding to follow the way may not win favor. Paul later says, when he's on trial, I persecuted the followers of the way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them in prison, as the high priest and the council can themselves testify. I hope you see in these, in these examples that the way of Jesus is a very real path in life it involves attitude behavior it involves actions it involves belief and it spills out out of our lives so i want us to reject this notion that somehow following jesus is just something very personal and very something i just got to keep to myself it influences how we live around others it influences what we do it doesn't give us license to be arrogant and rude but it does become recognizable. And in all of these occasions, the followers of the way were recognizable. Paul says, I admit that I worship the God of our ancestors as a follower of the way, which they call a sect, which means people see them as something very, very different. When Paul is saying, I'm not leaving behind the God of my ancestors, I'm not leaving behind the God that affected the exodus. He said, I'm just following the way. You can say that we're not one of them, but Paul says this is all consistent. This Felix, who he is before, has an official who's well acquainted with the way. He knows something about it. He adjourned the proceedings. When Lysias the commander comes, he said, I will decide your case. Notice how the way keeps coming up. People are familiar with it. Even people who aren't believers know something about this way. This is why discipleship is so important. This is why if we're going to show people the way, we're not just recruiting them and asking them to join a different kind of worship club. We're not trying to tell people that what they think is wrong and we are right and we need to win the debate. 
We are showing them a way of life that we see reflected first in Jesus Christ. This is how Jesus leaves things with His disciples. This is where we get our mission statement. This is where we have the definition of a disciple. Jesus came and told His disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey commands, all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Notice that Jesus doesn't hand them a list and say, here, teach them these things. I'll come back and check in on you later and see how you did. He's not just saying, here, do these things. And oh, if you didn't understand something that I told you, hmm, guess you better figure it out on your own and don't get it wrong because I'll count you off. If Jesus is not the kind of person who says, I'm just going to come and jerk you out of the pulpit, okay? He's saying, you teach them the things that I've taught you and I'm going to be right there with you. And that's how we learn along the way. We learn from Him. We are following Him. And He teaches us. We know His teaching. It has been shared with us. There is a better way. And we can show others the way. A disciple of Jesus follows the way. And this is my hope in sharing all of this with you to ask you to consider how you are walking along the way, that way, I'm talking about the way, the way that Paul describes when he's on trial, the way that Saul recognized and was at first threatened by it, the way that Priscilla and Aquila knew and shared with Apollos. Would you pray with me? Father, I ask that you would help us to be disciples. And if today the first step on this way is to be baptized, I pray that you will move those who need to be baptized to do so. Father, if we need to correct course and find our way back to you on the way, then Father, give us the courage to do so. Here, Father, we are grateful for our traveling companions and for the cloud of witnesses that has gone before us. Enable us and empower us to walk in this way and to have the mind and the heart and the strength and the will to please You always. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be